0: Hey, gang, Ross Brand here for LivestreamUniverse.com. Welcome to Livestream Stars. Livestream Stars is the show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across Livestream platforms. Livestream Stars is brought to you by Livestream Universe, LivestreamUniverse.com. We have a new resources page. Check it out, LivestreamUniverse.com resources. Pretty self-explanatory. Let's get right to tonight's guest. Our guest tonight, uh, I'm sure everybody knows her already, <laughs> a very talented live streamer and podcaster. Vicki Fitch is a serial entrepreneur and a business coach with 27 years of helping business owners with everything entrepreneur. She speaks around the world on topics such as social media, branding, client relationships, live streaming, and sales. Vicki is an expert in the field of direct sales, having been ranked in the top 10 internationally in sales and recruiting for more than a decade. She's the author of Seven Ways to Close More Sales with Confidence, and she runs the Entrepreneurial Rockstars Facebook group. And, of course, as probably most people in live streaming already know, Vicky hosts two weekly podcasts, He Said, Red Said, and Vicky Fitch Live, A Fresh Perspective. Both are live-streamed on Facebook Live. He Said, Red Said is Monday nights, 10.30, PM Eastern on the Vicky Fitch uh, Facebook page, and Vicky Fitch Live is 10 PM Eastern on Wednesday nights. Vicky also does tons of solo live streams, gives business and sales tips, and just helps build community within the world of live streaming. And I'm just so excited to have you on, Vicky. I had a great time in your on your show a couple of months back got to meet you and spend some time with you at summit live and now finally after we've been talking about doing it for what <laughs> close to a year, know, you're right? finally on the show, and and this year, by the way, so that the same thing doesn't happen, I haven't booked out my show through the rest of the year yet.
1: <laughs> I love it. Hey, Roz, really quick, I see people. Stacy says she can't hear, so I don't know if anybody oh, else no. can hear or if we have no sound. But um, not that I won't just sit here and chat with you because I would love to, but we probably want to check that out.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Nick Rishwain, are you able to hear? Uh, Nick, if you can throw uh, a one.
1: Oh, Alfredo says he oh, can. There is there
0: audio. It. Okay.
1: Okay. We're so good. If, Sorry about that.
0: If you can unmute your browser, uh, that might be uh, <laughs> that Might be it. Because I do that every time I do a show and I have a Facebook Live browser open, I mute the browser. And then when the show's over, I go to play back and listen to a second. I'm like, Huh, oh, how come there's no audio? I wonder if it was like that the whole time. Don't
1: you hate that? We call that right hashtag live streaming problems, right? It's right. like, we don't know. Are we on? Are we not?
0: <laughs> and, and what's so funny is obviously there had to be audio because there were people watching and commenting in the chat. So, Well, uh, she was the
1: first one. So at least we know she was the first and said she couldn't hear. And then Nick came in and later. So, you know, but anyway,
0: we great. just so Thanks, the- Nick. Thanks, Alfredo can hear uh, as well. Thanks both. And, and glad you got the audio working. Stacey. So Vicky, um, let's just get right to what you've got going on right now. You got uh, social media day, Denver coming up. Yes, um, yeah. and uh, it's, that's going to be a great event. You'll come and Mia Voss and Aaron. Right. So, and so many different people are a part of that. And I, I often forget that you're going to be a part of it because you're in California, not <laughs> in, in Denver, but, um, talk yeah. about that great event and what made you choose to go to Denver.
1: Uh, uh, absolutely. Well, um, I, you know, the fact Kim Garst is going to be there as well. So I guess we're wow. just California buddies. We're going to be flying in <laughs> together. Right. Uh, I love Joel, as you know, and Aaron, Mia Voss and uh, Courtney Kramer is going to be there. Brian Kramer. So uh, wow. I just have to hook up with my base. You know, I have to hook up with Courtney and Mia and get together. And that's one of the reasons we're going out there to social media day Denver, which is going to be amazing. If you guys are anywhere near that area, you definitely want to check it out. And I think, you know, Russ, they can save 10 bucks if they use the code Vicky at socialmediadaydenver.com.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I've actually been looking at flights and if things what align year? with my schedule, <laughs> I, I, I've i been thinking about it for like a long time. Like I want to go to one of the social media days outside the area. Uh-huh. Um, so if I can do it, if I can get the time free and I can find a flight that isn't like, you know. Twelve hundred dollars, <laughs> unless, unless you do an eighteen-hour flight with three stops. Um, right, right, you know that's a big if, right? Because I hear that, those it's Spirit airlines.
1: My son says you can do Spirit Airlines now. I I've heard good and bad about Spirit. He's he's okay. flown on it a few times. There's a flight I don't know how they do it for thirty nine dollars to Italy. OK, so I there's got to be a very he he flew home for and surprised me for Thanksgiving for like 40 bucks. So he to
0: sit on the wing or something.
1: No, he didn't. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's no frills, no snacks, no drinks. So you got to bring your own stuff. But, you know, so I'm just saying, Ross, we want you there. We okay. want you to be there at Social Media Day Denver for sure.
0: <laughs> Nick Rishwayne says I hear United is the best way to a seven figure settlement. I, I love
1: it. I love it. Well, yeah, why don't you do that and we could split it? You, yeah. you you just make a ruckus and <laughs> I love it.
0: That's- yeah. I just have to get lucky and get drawn as the one that they want to remove, right? <laughs> Kevin Black says, "Hey guys, the Button Brigade is on. Make sure you like, love and wow, thank you, Kevin. And also, guys, please do share this out. Let people know that we have a great guest tonight, Vicky Fitch from Vicky Fitch Live. And he said, "Red said." And why don't we start there? How is the search for he uh, going so far?
1: <laughs> Me, I know, right? Somebody, I think it was Tim McVeigh that said, "Vicky, this is like the longest search ever." <laughs> Well, you know, it's true. I'm not going to be, I'll be honest. Like I'm being a little bit picky. This is something it's, it's not, this is something fun for me, right? This is my Monday fun day. I have to really gel. It has to be you know this sounds terrible but it has to be effortless like i just want to have fun communicate and um i may have found the he i'll just saying there i told people i'm letting them have until the end of this month before uh, we close off applications but um i think i may have found him. we have a lot of really positive response so i you know i'm going to finish up the month but uh, by july 1st we will have (laughs) a permanent new he but i will be like i said i want to let people until the end of this month and then of course if they've submitted we don't want to not even give him a chance to so, you know do you think
0: like, you're know. like 95 percent on I, this person I hate to or say 99? That, but I,
1: I I would say 95, 95 yeah. I would it's, say 95.
0: Is this somebody that we know from the live stream?
1: I'm not saying that would be so unfair, and that would stop anyone else from wanting to apply, and that would just be terrible. But I love the way you pry. That's you, very You cute, can just bro. tell. It's
0: just a small group of people right now. I, <laughs> I mean, know.
1: Nobody else will a know. A few thousand people
0: will find out <laughs> tomorrow. That'll be all
1: Right? It'll just spread like wildfire, but it will be no problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the end of June or the end of this month,
1: the end of this month, I'm closing the um, application process, and we we may find out sooner because you know less people are trickling in. I they think mm-hmm. I think some people think it's already locked up, and so they're kind of like, well, I get the applications I'm getting are well, I know you're not gonna pick me, but <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well. okay you're right if you start out that if you're starting out that way you're really probably pretty right because that you can't you have to come in with confidence right if you want to go head to head with red you seriously have to have some confidence you can't come in well you're probably not gonna pick me you have to come in hey let me give it all i got
0: (laughs) right right so in all seriousness for you know uh having a co-host i think you know for for live streaming because it's so conversational and there are people Uh who do great solo live streams and stuff but if you're going to do a regular show, certainly one of the ways to facilitate good conversation is either to have guests or to have a co-host. And since you've been doing this for a while, what did you look for um, besides the obvious things that might not have gone right in the past, but in terms of broadcast ability, marketing ability, things like that, what what were you looking for in a a co-host?
1: Well, you know, it's funny that you ask because I'm not, I wasn't looking for all the things most people would be looking for, right? I'm not mm-hmm. looking for who's got a big group. As a matter of fact, somebody that has a really large following was interested in it. Well, and maybe I shouldn't have said that, but they're just not the right fit, right? I really care mm-hmm. about them, but they're just not the right fit for me. It needed to be effortless. So it's not about how many followers they have. It's right. about how we gel. Like if we, if they don't have any followers, but we have a lot of fun, that's honestly all that I care about is right. that it needs to be something fun and that we're entertaining people and that it's not rehearse or coerce or it's just, it's just got to be there. And so really that's what I was looking for. Somebody who can, who understands me, who gets my humor and gets my witty sense of you know and they can take a fitch slap because if they can't take that then they gotta move on right and so (laughs) it's it's that whole engagement process of who do i really gel with who's gonna have fun like if i have a bad i can't carry the show i mean i do all the time and i can but i don't want to i want to be able if i'm having a bad day i want to just i want to just get in here and, and let that person go um You know, hey, what's going on? Well, you look bummed. I am bummed. Like, I want to be able to just talk, right? And that's so anyway, that's what I was looking for.
0: Right, right. And, you know, you say like red is always right. Is red (laughs) actually always right? Or are there times where, you know, you're on he said, red said, and you admit, okay, once in a while there's a guy who might have gotten uh, gotten one point in that was uh, worth acknowledging they,
1: uh, this is true red is always right is a tagline you know it's a little hashtag we right. use but in general I mean it's I I am not perfect I actually don't even claim to be so it's just really something <laughs> more of a, a witty sense of humor to you know to have fun with but I, I honestly don't think I'm always right although hmm. I will say I'm often right only because I don't usually speak about things I'm not mm-hmm. sure of. Like, I'll just ask questions and go, really? Or, right. You know, it's so, so some people consider that, you know, this, oh, well, you're she's always right. Well, I just don't talk about things that, that I don't know about, you know, or I'll just ask questions about it.
0: <laughs> right, right. So now your, your Wednesday night show, Vicki Fitch Live, is more uh-huh. about. Interviewing the guest. Yes. And so the topics are going to come from who the guest is and what they're interested in and what they know about. Um, where do you, how do you come up with the topics for He Said Red Said?
1: Um, I really don't specifically like what, I mean, before I mean, that might sound a little bit funny and I see Nick said he made it through the show without a Fitch slap. So he's one of the few, right. That's made it through without actually getting a Fitch slap. And for those of you who don't know really quick, I am a G rated girl. A Fitch slap is a public service. It only Uh comes out when necessary. It's always done in love and it's used to redirect the course of someone who's gone astray. I'm just saying. (laughs) So when I look for, you know, the, the topics, it's really just, um, you know, whatever is going on that day, whatever's happening is our things. And then I have a new section that I call pet peeves, like, because that's, that gives us an opportunity to just launch into something uh, that's irritating or silly or goofy. And then we allow some audience participation and stuff. You know, that's what I started m- blending in with it. And that's my intention. Again, the new co-host will right. have some them, uh, say in that but that's my intention is to grab some audience participation and talk about current events and social media and business but i always wanted to have a little bit of business but a whole lot of fun
0: welcome jacqueline welcome rachel moore uh good rachel. to see you rachel uh rachel might be at, is rachel gonna be at social social media day denver we were just talking about it
1: i hope so
0: that's her hometown right that's her home area she's out uh, there somewhere. somewhere somewhere we won't we don't know for sure, but somewhere <laughs> out west, this is Rachel. So I, I noticed that um, you get you obviously get a lot of viewers for your shows, uh, but you you kind of promote them first as a podcast. Do you get even more responses? Like, is the podcast where you get even more listens or whatever the bigger audiences, is, or is it on the live streams?
1: Uh, I think that there's a combination, but it's a funny, okay, I, this is probably like the worst marketing advice ever, right? I didn't go into podcasting in order to build a following. Of course, we always want that and that's an extension. So I don't worry as much about the numbers. I have sponsors and I think they're probably more (laughs) worried about it than I am. I'm, I'm just there to deliver value because I always say, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not having fun, I'm not going to do it. That's, I mean, it's like, it's just not going to. So I do get um, podcast downloads every day, which is great. But do you know, I've actually never I've never actually announced or sent anything mm-hmm. out about the podcast. It's like I'm doing, I did this little marketing thing. So I'll be launching some results in the in the beginning of next year, I did this marketing thing looking at six months without actually, I mean, I tell people it's a podcast and I tell them right. on the show where they can go, but I've done no advertising, no emails about it. And then the second six months of the year, I'm actually gonna be promoting it that way. And so I'm gonna do the comparison and I used it kind of for a data set because I don't know where else, where else you would get the information like who else is willing to do that? Most people aren't because they're really launching a podcast to get numbers and to start building sponsorship. So I wanted it for a little bit different reason to say, okay, what happens with just doing your live streaming and using your social media channels? And what happens when you actually, um, you know, when you actually focus on, you know, marketing the podcast portion, where will those numbers change? So anyway, that's, it may be a, a little bit different strategy, but I thought that the numbers would be really good, especially for one of the new books I have coming out later. So, you know. Always like right, to pull in right.
0: some data. And, and when, you're, when your sponsors are, are interested in the show, are they sponsoring because of the podcast? Are they sponsoring for Facebook Live? Or don't you know what, what's kind of moving them to get involved with your show?
1: You know, the, the, honestly, I mean, it's me, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. it's my personality and who I am. Um, most of them haven't cared so much. They care that there's a delivery system and that mm-hmm. I'm good at what I do. I think they're, um, you know, they're looking to get outside some of the subsets that they've been in. You know, I always talk about get outside the 5,000, right. which is that, that, you know, that narrow group everybody else is shooting for. And so I happen to be outside of that group of people that they've already been, you know, working on. And so it, it serves them pretty well. They do look at the numbers of course, looking at some of the, the metrics of how many people I've had and you know a couple of the unicorn broadcasts I had where I had, you know, I reached <laughs> over three hundred thousand people and twenty thousand views, you know, wow. which is right, is not my normal
0: <laughs> Was that and, Tony Robbins or
1: No, no, that that was a different that was its own unicorn, but that was, was a predictable unicorn. <laughs> right.
0: Was it the one that I was a guest on?
1: It wasn't, but I'm sure yours uh, was a close. I'm sure it was very close, Ross. I'm sure because
0: if it was, <laughs> do let me know. I, I can pretend that I don't care about those things, but. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it wasn't, but um, <laughs> I, I will definitely I will we are we do continue to promote them. We're looking at that second set of data as well of what happens on the second round of promotions, and you know we're kind of big into tracking numbers, so
0: Hey, Sabrina, welcome, hey, Adam. Welcome. Uh, Rachel has a question. She asks, is your podcast solely audio or do you adapt it from a live stream?
1: Uh, Rachel, I do both. We do take the audio file and put it up on Blog Talk Radio, on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher. But we also, you know, take that the file and push it through to YouTube, um, Facebook Live, uh, and it goes onto my website. I think I answered your question.
0: So it's an <laughs> audio podcast, not a video podcast. Well,
1: or- you, can, I mean, it's a video podcast, but of course, you can't do video on iTunes, and so, well, listen, maybe, I, maybe you can, and I'm just not aware. <laughs> you actually,
0: I think you actually can do video. There are video podcasts. But. Well, there
1: you go. So maybe I'll have to change format. This shows that I'm, I'm not the one that handles that uh, portion. As a matter of fact, Stacy Harp from Bible News Radio, who's watching oh, right. right now, she's the one that does, uh, pushes all the stuff out for me to, um, to uh, iTunes and Blog Talk Radio and stuff like that.
0: Hey, Brad, welcome. Um, Rachel asked a follow up. Do you do much editing from the live stream to the podcast uh, no. of your audio? Just the only, rip it and go.
1: Yeah, the only <laughs> ones we ever do is when when, when people um, break my G rating and uh, drop an F bomb, then we go in. And on the ones that are going on to you know, those, we, we do bleep that out. But other than that, we really don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does that happen a lot or not? No, very but it's
1: it happened recently. <laughs> it's still very fresh.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing that was a call in, right? Or no No,
1: it wasn't actually. I it, was oh, no. it wasn't me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that now that would be uh that would yeah. be pretty epic. People would be like, say what okay. If somebody said Vicky dropped an F-bomb, I think that the downloads would go ballistic because right. I'm pretty sure everybody would want to hear that.
0: I'm just trying to help you promote if that's was,
1: I love it. it, Ross. I love it.
0: Oh. So um, I, I think probably a good reason why uh, the sponsors want to work with you, of course, is your ability to sell. And whether you have a big audience or small audience, if you can sell um, online, on live streaming, on anything... Um, that's a big advantage versus people right. who just accumulate numbers. So uh, you're a direct sales expert. You've been an entrepreneur for years. Uh, talk a little bit about how you got into sales and and how you developed over the years to where you now are obviously, for I mean, anybody who can watch you, you're very polished at it and very comfortable um, Talking about yourself and doing an ask and all that kind of stuff. So
1: all the stuff that makes most people cringe, <laughs> right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um,
1: well, I think you know, but for those of your viewers that don't know, I actually started my first business when I was twelve, and um, you know, wow. just yeah, it was it was to I wanted a phone line in my room. My dad said no. His friend owned an insurance agency, said if you'll get people to book appointments with me, I will pay you. I went in the back room, forty five. I don't know, thirty forty minutes later i came out with 20 or 27 names of people that said yes and anyway it's like that it just started cuz i recognized again it's now what we call a pain point in the industry right i recognized a pain point that i could solve i had it was ignorance on fire i totally had no problem getting on the telephone and asking people and then i recognized that other people were afraid you know other right. people were nervous about it and i had no fear or no concern whatsoever and so it was a great catalyst i ended up then buying my first house when i was 19 and starting my first Company with employees when I was twenty, and that is what started. You know, the confidence of honestly being on the phone when I was younger is what what started driving me. Understanding being an entrepreneur is where I. I wanted money and my dad was a trucker and we washed his trucks and I recognized I could wash right. more with my friends doing it and supervising. Right, <laughs> and, right. uh, right. So I just started building on those entrepreneurial things. And, and then when I went in to start my own, my first company was a bookkeeping and tax company. I built it up and I was one of the number one franchises in the country. Then I sold that and, and went through. So I just started building. And, and when I, um, was, I got in the direct sales industry because I wanted to be a stay home mom. And again, watching and, and again, I think, you know, I just finished the rewrite of a book called Direct Selling 101 is because being top 10 in the industry uh, for more than a decade, people want to know what you're doing. And I, you know, it's watching other people where their pain points are, their pain points of talking to other people, their pain points of identifying where, where other people are sub, you know, are, um, are challenged, you know, that we can deliver value with, like I said, what, what they're struggling with. And so as I started seeing those problems, oh, time, space, and money, I resolved those issues in a, in a presentation format that they attach to people in an emotional way. And not because I'm manipulative. A lot of people, and this is something I think it's really important people understand, selling is not about manipulating. It is mm-hmm. absolutely, positively not about manipulating. Connecting with people emotionally is not a manipulation. When you watch a movie, right, Right. you like the movie because you feel. You might feel angry, you might feel sad, you might feel happy or joy, but you feel something. And that's why you're connecting with the movie. Well, that's the same thing. If we can identify a pain point, connect with it, and solve it in a way that's respectful Mm -hmm. to people, then they love you. They don't feel like you just sold them something. They feel like you're friends. And that's what it is. Selling is simply providing enough information for people to make an informed decision. So that's that's why, how I got good at that is because I knew I was helping. It's not, I wasn't trying to make money. I was trying to help people. And then the bonus, you know, the cherry right. on top was the fact that I would I made money and became very good at what I did and, and then made lots and lots of money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice too, right?
1: <laughs> I'm not complaining about it.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, You know, you know, I'm thinking that that you mentioned being on the phone a lot and being good at Mm -hmm. selling on the phone. I Uh I think that's got to have contributed to why you're so comfortable live streaming and having these conversations, because when I first got into radio and I had a co-host for the first time and it like it clicked, Uh my first thought is it's like I'm just having a conversation on the phone with a friend. Right well, and it sort of was because at that time, there was like next to nobody listening because they were just <laughs> getting started, but but you get the idea right like I, 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 and so I think I wonder what that 's going to do for you know the younger generation who doesn 't use the phone anymore right it 's all the texting and messaging and social media and all that kind of stuff, which is all great. And they're connecting with a much wider range of people and, and more people and people of different ages, more so than we ever did growing up. But right. that ability to conduct the conversation on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, there still comes to be that time where you need to sell either on the phone or in person or whatever. And I think, yeah. boy, the, that that's a skill that you picked up at a young age. And I, I'm sure it's, it's benefited you in almost everything you've done.
1: Absolutely. And and I mean, honestly, the one thing that I see right now that's challenging for people, and one of the things that I can truly help with, is that having a conversation with people is where it's all at. That's why I do so well, right? That's why, because I care about people. I'm trying to help solve their problems. I'm not trying to sell them stuff. So when I look at people like my son, And, you know, who uh, does text and does, you know, they don't know how they don't know how to 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 grab somebody, you know, what someone says and figure out a way to deliver it back to them or ask them a question without getting discombobulated right 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 and and I think that that is where people like me and educating like i people have been asking me to do a sale a live sales training seminar because in person like well you 've met me in person i 'm the same right i 'm the same as I am online i'm right. the, i 'm just the same person. I do have that same skill set to be able to conduct a conversation and help other people figure out a way to do the same in in, in a live format where we can actually do some role playing. Because role playing is what's going to change people from being afraid. When you know what to say, you don't stumble over your words. When when right. you don't know what to say, that's what, even if you're smart, you, uh, <laughs> you know, you're trying to form what... Uh, but if you already know what you're going to say or you know what needs to be said about... Um, you know a topic, you know the the objections people are going to come up with, and you already come up with some additional questions you could ask or figure things out. things go so much smoother, so right. i think I think that is a skill that kids really need to learn, and I think adults that haven 't learned it yet would be well um, they would do better in whatever they 're doing if they learn how to communicate and to teach their children
0: absolutely. Uh, talk about the rewrite of your sales book, um, obviously. The Things are changing in business so quickly and how we do business and the tools that we use and everything. Talk about why you decided to uh, do the rewrite now.
1: Well, you know, I wrote it originally 15 years ago. I know I'm only 22. We always say that. Right, right, right. (laughs) But I wrote it 15 years ago. And so, you know, the vernacular (laughs) has changed. Your
0: your first business at 12, right?
1: Right, right? exactly. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, we we look at it, vernacular has changed. And of course, with social media and live streaming. And when I originally wrote it, the internet wasn't even around.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so it's like, um, you know, I mean, there was pieces, don't get me wrong. It's not like there was no internet, but it was not what it is right now, right? We didn't have fun- sales funnels and stuff going on. It was the basics of of how you communicate with people and how you come up with still market separators and to, you know, brand yourself, even before we called it really personal branding. And so now I brought it into the modern day vernacular. I brought in um, pieces of, you know, sales and social media and live streams and understanding the no like and trust factor in a way that's, that's completely different. And that's why I brought it out. Cause you know, I'm, I talk about it every day on live stream. I just wasn't, you know, I, I just didn't have some place to send people because you know, when, when things are older, you don't, you know, you don't really want to send people back even though the, it can be timeless there are right. pieces like if you're talking about cassette tapes for instance <laughs> you know it dates it a little bit and you start losing some validity right, with right, the right. millennials for sure when i'm talking about the you know your mobile classroom and put your cassette tape in so right, right, right. you know
0: <laughs> yeah i've had to try and get tape out of my vocabulary because like somebody like somebody'll say what you do your show live well i do most of them live but i, I I sometimes do an update, I tape it or whatever, and then yeah. they'll look at me like, tape it? What? So I record. I record. <laughs> but not all. When I don't do something live, I record. And I've said it enough times to myself to try not to say that again. It's uh, not funny. So, it, you know, one of the things I think for a lot of us who didn't start, like, I didn't start live streaming to sell anything or for uh-huh. business, I just enjoyed it, and it brought uh-huh. me back to my roots and broadcasting. I was having a great time. Um, and so when I do have something that I can sell or whatever, mm-hmm. I always have to do a transition like you were just talking about, uh, you know, people not being comfortable selling. And I yeah. feel the same way, which is why I put this uh, in in the uh, chat and pinned it. But we'll wait till an opportunity where I can sort of make it seem natural and go, (laughs) you know, folks, I am speaking about live streaming at the Summit on content. If you are interested in learning about content marketing, there's over 100 uh, (laughs) events all online, no expense, traveling or anything like that. Today is the last day to save $100. Anyway, the link is pinned in the comments. Uh, If you click that link, you can save. $100. It's the summit on content marketing, and uh, it should be great. I'm going to talk about uh, live streaming, of course, and there'll be lots of other talks about how you can monetize your content.
1: That was lovely, (laughs) Ron.
0: But I always need an excuse like that. Like even when I'm on, like today I was on B Live TV, right? And my segment is about marketing your live broadcast. Sure. So you think I would just be able to just go tonight? I'm talking to no. I'll go. One of the things you can do is you can talk about what's coming up on your next show. So for example, tonight I have Vicky Fitch on Live Stream <laughs> Stars at 7 p.m. Eastern. Watch it RossBrand.Live. Live. Like. I mean, I always have to do it that way. So how do how do I get over that hump to where I just can feel comfortable coming on and saying, okay, I've got something you're going to be interested in. Uh we're having great discussion with Vicky tonight about selling Definitely. and not have to preface it with like one of these TV transitions sure. where you take left field and you tie it to right field with some <laughs> like long <laughs> phrase that doesn't really matter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a long question, but you get the answer.
1: I love it. Okay, I'm going to give you two words. Are okay. you ready? Two. Own it. Mm-hmm. Own it. What are you there for? You want to tell them about a program that you have. You're sharing a program with them because it's going to help them. You're sharing a program with them because you're good at it. You're sharing a program with them because they need it. So just own it. Hey guys, guess what? Tonight, I'm going to be presenting this for you. I'm going to be speaking at this conference. I highly recommend that you get your tickets because here you're going to save a hundred bucks. And I want to share with you ways to help you build a business and a brand. Boom. Boom. That's it. That's how it's done. That's how it's done, brother. Because you, I mean, seriously, because otherwise what you're doing and then, so we're going to pretend nobody else is listening, right? Where it's just me and you right now, Ross. Okay. The rest of you guys stay silent over there. That it's you are good at what you do. You know that you are. Mm-hmm. And it's that that inside voice, the bully in your head. You know, I have a book coming mm-hmm. out called Evict the, the Bully in Your Head. That bully tells you, well, you got to make an excuse because people are going to think that you're pushy. They, people are going to think you're throwing stuff at them that they don't need. But that's the bully. It's not true. People want to know. They watch your show, live streaming stars. They want to know who's doing it, who's rocking it in live streaming. Right. Well, one of the people who's rocking it is you. You that are bringing these other live streaming stars there. Right? And so we have to own who we are. We have to own it so we can step up and stand out. There's nothing wrong with being good at what you do. And there's nothing wrong with embracing that. There's a difference between confidence and cockiness and you are not cocky. You're confident. And so, well, you're working on that confidence, right? You're confident in in what you do. Your delivery of what you do is the only thing that gets you a a little uncomfortable because the fear everybody faces about whether or not people are going to judge them and say, oh, he thinks he's all that. He's, oh, yeah who does he think, ignore them. They are not part of your tribe anyway. Those are the naysayers that are going to pick apart anybody. They're going to pick apart somebody. You know, let him, Let it be you, Ross. <laughs> Just practice. <laughs> Just smile. And, you know, because your tribe is not going to judge. They're going to go, yes, I want to check out what he's got. Oh my gosh. Why would I not want to learn from one of the masters? You know, why would I not want to do that? One of the my famous sayings that I, I you know, is that, that mentors or, you know, people that were watching are like bumper guards at the bowling alley. We don't have to end up in the gutter. So why do we, right? We don't just put up the bumper guards. Let's go watch Ross, see what he's doing, how he's doing it. And hey, then I can do it well. I can execute well without being embarrassed myself. So I say just own it. Those are the two words, own it.
0: So I'm um, putting up on the screen, VickyFitch.com books. Tell everybody about all the different books you have to offer because you've got a lot of resources for people who are learning to sell, learning to get into business and develop themselves, not only in social media and live streaming, but certainly those are two areas that you know very well. Tell, tell us about what books you have uh, at your website. I
1: will. Well, you know, one of the things is totally funny is that um, when I was doing this rewrite of a Direct Selling 101, I ended up, it's so, so big <laughs> that I actually had to break it up into five modules, right? The first book has everything in it, but I touch on it. So it's for people to start understanding how to sell, how to schedule, how to recruit, how to um, integrate live streaming, how to integrate social media. So it's, uh, you know, it spreads all the information and gives some really meaty results of and examples. So people, because most of the time, they're just like that little thing we were just talking about, um, Ross, is that they have a, a question. And they're afraid to sell. They're afraid to be pushy. They're afraid of these things. So I address all these fears in there and help them reframe them. So we put them on a confident playing field. So they're in that, if you go to vickiefitch.com slash books, you can actually sign up for information on each one of the books. The Direct Selling 101, you can click as many links as you want. 201 is on leadership and, um, and, you know, some advanced techniques, uh, on advanced sales techniques and no. Know- not cheesy, sleazy selling. It's just (laughs) understanding people at a deeper level, right? And one of them's on live streaming and uh, social media and how to really integrate that in a great way. One of them is on building a business and really branding yourself and and doing your market separator. And one of them's on how to offload things and how to really, you know, crush it with some hacks and stuff that I use and and those kind of things. There's also, of course, uh, evict the bully in your head. And then there's own it, how to step up and stand out. So I have all kinds of stuff going on. But you Guys can just click the links on what you guys want interest you're interested in
0: so uh, you know i just want to say a quick hello to um, our good friend mitch jackson is here bob Tom- hey, Barb, barb tomlin is here barb thanks for joining again thanks for joining on the unboxing that i did earlier did my first ever unboxing Live streams that was kind of fun, a little bit awesome. of a train wreck, but they'll get better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. Ross. I forgot,
0: I forgot one little uh, you know, you, you got to have the adapter when you plug things into your iPhone if you have uh-huh. an iPhone 7. So I, I had that in the other room. So, oh, like, you no. know, like, hang out just for a second,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you owned it, you yes, owned it, right? Ross? That's <laughs> all that matters, just own it.
0: So, as I'm listening to you, and, and you've mentioned it a couple times. It's not about manipulating. It's not about sure. being sleazy, things like that. How come salespeople have to overcome that? Whereas nobody goes into finance and goes, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at the books today. I'm not in a sleazy way or, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, I'm, I'm going to go into operations. You know, not in the sleazy way. Gotcha. Why, why does sales have that reputation that, that makes it hard for people to embrace selling versus doing something more creative like marketing or advertising but nobody Mm -hmm. wants to say that they're doing selling and you do own that so why is there that 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 hesitation
1: well anytime someone has there's a benefit in it for them that's where things get a little tricky right and so and and then there's a bad reputation because most people i'm gonna i'm gonna stretch and this I'm making this statistic up, but I I have a lot of experience in the industry and speaking all over the world and training and developing thousands and thousands of people. I'm gonna say over ninety percent of people are afraid to sell. Like they're Mm -hmm. they're afraid to sell. Now there's also another five percent that that overcompensate for their fear and become this cocky boisterous and what we call the you know the the used car salesman right the ones right. that are not selling with confidence in who they are but they're selling in manipulative tactics or bullying and not even all the time because they're trying to just sell it's because their their self esteem is so tied to whether or not a transaction occurs that right. they start doing things that are outside of of you know what they should be doing because again making the sales should be the cherry on top it's communicating with people you know it's it's making sure that people you understand what they really need. When people come, you know, Tom Hopkins used to say if people can see dollar signs in your eyes then they are you know then they they want to get away from you when they know that you are sitting there trying to figure out how you're going to sell, you know, upgrades that they don't need or whatever. It's, right. it becomes really weird. And so like in the book, I try and talk to people about a couple of things. One, you know, cause, because used car salesmen, and I love, I love people and I don't care if you're a used car salesman, I say kudos to you you do have a reputation to overcome. And if you've overcome it, like Joe Girard did, then you are a rock star. And if you haven't, you can. So just know that it's a stereotype. It doesn't mean you need to own that. You don't have to have the stigma attached. But when when we talk about that, you know, people trying to sell you things, it's because they don't listen to what you need. When you go in, and, and this is one of, part of the chapter in the book, and when you go in, and you got a family of five, and the guy's trying to sell you a Ferrari, You know, that, that obviously is not suit your needs, right? I mean, and this is obviously an extreme example, but this is where those, those things come in. But if he asks the right questions, like, okay, you have, okay, there's a family of five. Great. And, and you say, okay, I just want the base model. I just want the base model. This is all we can afford. I say, you know, don't stop selling until your customer is done buying. And I want you guys to listen to that because this is, again, one of the key phrases I use in the book and something that will change your life don't stop selling until your customer is done buying. Right. Now think about this. You may want the base model, but he knows now you have a family of five. And if they're anywhere in the teen well, actually, if they're anywhere from three years up, they're going to need a port. They're going to plug, they need plugs, right? Because right. they're yeah. going to have a device that needs <laughs> to be attached. So if the audio entertainment package is going to make sure you right. have ports everywhere, that's going to save you a lot of headache later. And it's their job to share it with you, it's not their job to sell it. Say, "Hey, Mary, I totally understand what you're saying, but I can see you have three children, and I see your husband, and you both have cell phones. I'd like to share with you that the audio upgrade or the entertainment package allows you to have ports in everything. And I've seen it before. There are many people that that end up not realizing that. So my job is to share with you what the other op- options are to make sure that you know mm-hmm. exactly what you know what what's there. And so again, it's it's all about you know give. Them the options of what they need, and so that's where then because when people say, "Oh, well, you need the audio entertainment package," that becomes an argument. Asking right, questions, right. hey, Mary, I noticed that you have a family of five. You know, do you, do you guys find that you have charging issues that you might need additional chargers? So those questions are are one of the things that will start to put people in a good place where they don't feel right. like they're being pushy.
0: So they can, and then they can feel comfortable saying no without it being like a big rejection because right. if they feel they have to be too powerful in saying no, at least I found like when somebody's selling me, mm-hmm. if they push too hard on that 10th feature or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then maybe just after giving a strong no to that, I'm such in the no mind frame that it's like, you know what? Take your whole car and I'll go to another <laughs> dealer. You know what? I, you well, know. You
1: sh- no one should ever have to have a strong answer for anything. When you ask questions, do right. you find that you need additional ports in the car? That's There's no strong yes or no. You no, know, that's, like, a, gr- that's right? a great
0: way to put it.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. When they ask the right questions, when they say
0: you need these ports because I know right. you've got ten devices, and I know that I know that how it becomes
1: you, combative. I know right. how
0: young people drive around with your ten devices plugged in, and you know,
1: <laughs> which that is true. But you don't want to say that. You want to ask questions so people have an opportunity to connect and and go, oh yeah, because we want it to be partly their idea too. Not again manipulatively, but for them to go, oh, you know what, you're right. Like they don't they. It'll reduce their stress level, too. If they feel like they're coming in with, okay, honey, let's play good cop, bad cop kind of thing, <laughs> you know, okay, and, oh, no, my my wife will never go for that, you know, those right, kind right, of things. Right. So, you know, so we, we got to just, again, own it, right? We gotta I always
0: thought that was a tremendous advantage married <laughs> people have whenever they go to buy something because they I have to check with my spouse.
1: <laughs> well, and... I teach people how to overcome the objections by peeling the onion because, the you, like you said, that's usually an excuse, right? And it's okay if you don't want to buy. No problem. But then we find out if that's really the reason. So I use what I call the if I could, would use. And, you know, if you want to talk about it, we can't. Otherwise, we can move on.
0: No, I would love to. I would love to share. Okay. please.
1: Well, this is another important thing is that when people come up with a reason, usually, honestly, I've found that it's usually about three answers deep is the real truth, right? That people are hiding behind some other fear. Their fear may be that they can't afford it. Their fear may be that, um, you know, they won't make the right decision. There's a lot of different fears that are involved. So if somebody said, oh, I got to talk to my wife, I'd say, oh, great. So if you had your wife's support, then would you be ready to purchase? Because right. what you're trying to do is find out. And if they said yes, then you know that that's the that's their objection. And then you can say, ask questions like, what other, what additional questions do you think they're going to ask so I can make sure to provide you with information? So when we put those, you know, when we actually are asking because we want to know, it gives us a chance. But if they go, well, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, we're really busy right now or we've got, um, we've got a lot of other expenses coming up. I got you. So um, if we could fit it in with your current budget without you feeling overwhelmed or stressed out that it was pushing you over your budget, then would you be interested? You know, and then, you know, you kind of, you're peeling that onion to find out what's the true objection. Because again, a lot of times it's fear-based. Like, I don't know if my husband's going to like a minivan or I don't know. And like I said, a lot of it does come down to, to time or money, depending on what your product or service is. And if it's money, then, and they say, well, yeah, I really would be. Then that's when you can go and say, well, let's talk to the finance department. Let's find out what, you know, again, I'm, I don't sell cars, obviously, but you know, we can, we find out what it is that we can do. What are our options? and then then again it's serving customers it's not about you know, figuring out how we can put one on the books, you know, right, how do we right. get that sale? It's about how can we serve them? And then people's guard gets let down and now they're connected and now they're referring people to you. They're buying additional cars or products or services. It becomes about them and they get that and it becomes relational, which is where people that can't converse are having trouble. Sales might come in through the internet, but if, you're not, if you don't have that connection, you're missing a huge part of your business.
0: If you'd like to learn more about Vicki's <laughs> sales strategies, it's com slash books. Um, Vicki, define direct selling. What do you mean by direct selling versus maybe other kinds of selling or just how, how you define it?
1: Well, and there's a couple different things, you know, in the direct sales industry per se, like, a, um, you know, a Avon or a Mary Kay or something like that. It's what, what direct sales means is that you're going person to person, right? There's lots of different things. But direct selling in, in an industry, whether you're person to person, a B2B or B2C, it doesn't matter. It's still the same thing. I was in the direct sales industry, which is like a party plan industry for for 20 mm-hmm. years and, you know, was top 10 worldwide for, more than a decade of those. But it's the same. Those are the same. Uh, it's the same techniques, right? How can I share? How can I solve a pain point? Right. You know, making sure that you continue to separate yourself in the marketplace when other people sell the same products you do, etc., cetera, etc., cetera.
0: Now, most people who who live stream tend to, if they're going to monetize their live stream, Mm -hmm. tend to fall into a few different categories, right? There's the people who use this to build relationships and show their knowledge Mm -hmm. and make connections that over time might result in a client or somebody who might click an affiliate link or something Mm -hmm. like that. But they're not actively selling. They're, they're, They're providing value they're entertaining they're having a good time and hopefully along the way they build relationships and friends right and that leads to business and then there's people who do this and it's basically they put it on youtube they put it on their website and it's something to have in the portfolio right like Mm -hmm. a client wants to google me and find out if i actually know what i'm talking about or whatever and then they see and they're like yeah i could probably be comfortable doing business with this guy or you know what I don't like his approach or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, what do you call, like, because I was thinking direct selling when you said direct selling, I was thinking like the people who get on Busker or Periscope and mm-hmm. they're like, I got a phone here. It's 7 but sure. I'll sell it to you for $6.99. Uh, it's got all the features. If you'd like to order, there's a link or, you know, I have a Google form or whatever. You see like LuLaRoe people doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. You see a lot of musicians. Uh, They're more hoping for tips, but some of them are selling CDs. Click the link. You can buy my CD. What, What kind of selling do you call that? Because that isn't happening all that much, but it's happening more. And there's some people who are doing it really well.
1: Well, it is, it's still a form of direct selling because you're still selling person to person. It's, you right. know, you can have a, a, a personal relationship with someone on a live stream, you know, just like you mm-hmm. can in anything else. So it's the same thing, but you're, you know, it's kind of a hybrid method, right? Because we're still building those relationships. We're still right. increasing the no like, and trust factor by giving people an opportunity to see us on a regular basis. When you sell something the first time you see someone or ever meet them, that's called a first call close. So in, right. in essence, when you're, live streaming and you actually have something that converts to a sale right there, that's a first call close, which is, um, it's very, um, you know, statistically, they don't happen as often, especially for right. people who are nervous about sales. So those kind of things can make people very heady, right? And mm-hmm. they, they were not heady in a bad way, but like excited. People like Amanda Oleander, who is actually doing artwork live, live right. streaming, she's selling it right there. It's still a form of direct selling, but she, and she is connecting with an audience because they're actually allowed to watch her create you know, what it is they want. So she has taken, um, you know, another avenue and blended it in, which is what I call a market separator, right? She's taking instead of she's not just she's not, you know, saying, Hey, this is my painting. And this is how much it is. Hey, everybody, let's go ahead and bid on it. She's Creating art right there. So she had a market separator where she reached out beyond the border and created an opportunity for people to feel, again, we're all talking about connection and emotion, to feel what she's putting into it and even give input into what's happening. So that, whenever you can change things, like even the LuLaRoe girls, you know, when they are offering things up, if you give people an opportunity uh, to... uh, there's, there's just so much, you know, with, with teaching them how to layer things together and how to look thinner. Right. As as you know, I'm a vice president for Parkland Jewelry. I think that you know that. And right. so teaching people how to layer jewelry and to make them look thinner or taller or, you know, um you know when they have a bad hair day, what do you do? You can sell right there, mm-hmm. but you're creating a relationship. So it is, you know, it's a little bit of a hybrid method.
0: But I, I do think like there's something interesting about what people like LuLaRoe and the artists are doing who are selling their music and things like that Mm -hmm. is uh, they're not going for this model like I'm going to create helpful content for two years I'm going to get you on my email list uh, then another year of you loving my emails and then you're going to click an affiliate link or something or you're going to buy my course or whatever they're getting right on and saying I've got something to sell well you know it's not a phone it's Clothes, and I'm not really into that, so I don't really watch it. But um, right. the the point is that I, I just like how direct it is. Right. That it's it's very very upfront, and sure. so you're you're weeding out people who don't want that, but you're bringing in people who are there to shop, and mm-hmm. maybe that's a method that's been sort of gotten a, a a bad a bad name in some ways, but is actually providing a valuable service. I think to people who need clothing or need music or whatever it is that that somebody's selling. Do you see that that, that's where a lot more um, live streams are going to go in the future, that they're going to go more direct into selling?
1: I think some will. I, I think the problem is, is that because most people are not very good at selling that they turn into either the cockiness, you know, the, the, the too much power right. or they, they do what I call backpedaling where they say, you know, oh, if you guys want this and it's great, but if you don't, it's no problem. You know, just, you know, let me know. Like they get the, I think that it'll end up being a little too flea marketish, where then people will start when you, I mean, when people see someone who's not strong that is selling, they t- pounce on them and and get a better deal. And mm. they start wheeling a deal. And I think that it, it takes a strong person to be able to sell with confidence in, sure. you know, in an arena that's going to get more crowded. You know, they're, it's going to, they're going to have to be able to stand out in a different way. And it's great to get on the train right now and practice your skill set because then you'll be better at it when it's time, you know, when other people are starting to flood in mm-hmm. and you're really good at it. Because just showing, your leggings are not gonna, you know, aren't gonna be long-term thing, right? Unless somebody's looking for that, showing somebody a complete outfit and how they can use this lace sock with this kind of boot to create this kind of trend, but you can also switch it to this shoe. They have to be able to step up. So selling is more than just offering what you have. Selling is understanding your market, understanding what's next, looking at the future and how you can serve customers in a bigger way. Because you're really great salespeople, know what their clients need before the clients even recognize the need is there. So, you know, that's what I think that if we could have more of those people, um, it would be, you know, I I think that it would be a better uh, format because what we'd be seeing would not be people hawking their wares. It would be people who are presenting things that make sense. And then you'd find someone you resonate with that had your same style or, you know, what you were looking for, if that made sense
0: yep welcome david vaughn welcome melanie weiser we're talking with vicki fitch direct sales expert podcast and live stream host speaker author uh we got a question from mitch jackson who is the best salesperson you've ever known and what made him or her special that's a great question
1: wow you know uh mitch- the best, you know, the best salesperson that I ever knew, like personally in a relationship, her name was Kimberly Brackett. And she's the one that helped me to understand an emotional selling. And for those of you guys who are listening right now, we were, I was in the creative memories business and in scrapbooks, right? And one of the things that she used to say, um, you know, we, we always talked about, you know, it's hard to sell scrapbooks because you're selling homework to people, right? Is that people then are going home with something. And, I was this, um, I know this would be a really big shock, but I was a little bit of a perfectionist. So, um, you know, <laughs> I know this is a huge shock to everyone listening, but you know, she said a few things and I don't know if she's the one that said done is better than perfect. Done is better than creative, but I know she utilized that phrase. And she said, it, you know, and this hit me really hard. I may even, um, I may even tear up a little bit. She said, Uh, her, her son and her daughter, I think were three and five at the time. And she said, you know, if I died tomorrow, my kids wouldn't remember me. And I, my son was three at the time. And my heart just like, I felt like she had just pierced my heart because I thought, oh my gosh, you know, we weren't doing scrapbooks to find out you know, to, to be creative with our die cuts and stickers, right? We weren't, we were doing them so we would remember and that. And she didn't say all this part. This is what I formulated later. She gave me those words and that, that emotional attachment to my heart that said to me, I'm not selling scrapbook supplies. I am selling a legacy. I am helping people because we didn't take pictures. So we, at the time it was, it was film, right? That we could go get right. the film developed and throw it into a drawer. We took it because we wanted to remember. And so yeah. going in and I started started after that. I created albums. It used to take me 12 hours to do two pages. This is a true story. And that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I know. Right. And I, <laughs> I one day I came out crying. I'm never going to get job. What's the point? <laughs> and- Then I came out and I did an entire album of 24 pages in less than two hours using a simple done is better than perfect, done is better than creative method and utilizing the tools and getting the photos in and the journaling. And that was it because that's what mattered. And then I added some enhancement things after, but connecting those emotional pieces is what changed my life and helped me become one of the top salespeople in the company.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So Vicki Fitch will be speaking at Social Media Day, Denver, June 30th. That's mm-hmm. the day at every single one of them, so I shouldn't yes. have to think about it. Yes. Which will be in Denver. Uh, the website is VickiFitch.com. The books can be found at VickiFitch.com books. He said, Red said, Tonight, do you have a show tonight?
1: I don't because I was okay. doing your show and I wasn't sure where we would be. That's, so I that's don't have great. To that's
0: prioritizing. Very that's good. That's right. <laughs> and, then, and, and then Wednesday night, Vicki Fitch live at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Mitch says, awesome answer tip. Thanks, Vicki. Um, wow. I could ask you about a hundred more questions about about sales. This has been wonderful. Do check out her resources, vickyfitchcom slash books. Also, if you're interested in content marketing, uh, check out the pin link below, and you can save $100 uh, before the end of the day. So by midnight tonight, Eastern Time, I believe you can still save $100 on the Summit on Content Marketing, 100 different uh, speakers and events. Mitch will be speaking. Uh, I'll be talking about live streaming and, and all sorts of topics related to content marketing. So check that out. And, Vicki, what else do you have coming up besides Social Media Day Denver?
1: Well, I'm super excited about speaking in New Zealand too at the social media conference oh. in New Zealand in September. It's going to be really, I'm really looking forward to it. So any of my Kiwi friends out there or even my Aussie mates that might be uh, popping over would be uh, amazing. Um, that is, it's going to be a fantastic event. So I'm very excited
0: about that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Vicki. I will be back next Monday night with uh, live stream Stars. The guest is Stephanie Liu. We'll be talking about Facebook ads and her setup for live streaming and a bunch of different things. She's great with social media. And also, don't forget to join us Wednesday night live from the red carpet at Mario Armstrong's Never Settle Show, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on the Never Settle Show Facebook page. We will be live interviews with cast, crew, Guests, some of our live streaming friends will be there, and we'll talk to them as well. So do join us again, five thirty p.m. Eastern Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday afternoon, two thirty p.m. Eastern, Western, Western Pacific, Pacific Western, Western Pacific. <laughs> five thirty p.m. Because I, I said night, and then I'm like, wait, no, not everybody's on the East Coast. For our West Coast <laughs> friends, it's two thirty p.m. and that's not at night, so. That's 2.30 Pacific or 5.30 Eastern. I should have just said it once. I said it twice. I got myself in trouble. You got to go for the quick close. But that is Wednesday night. Please do join us on the Never Settle Show Facebook page. Again, from Mario Armstrong's show. It's going to be a great time. Have a great night, everybody.